Well, we're wrapping up the stories series today and stories, we all have stories. We have stories of success, there are stories of happiness, there are stories of courage, there is stories of failure, there are stories of sadness, and there are stories of fear. And today, I want to talk to you today about fear. So many people struggle with fear. Fear has a way of paralyzing you. It has a way of keeping you from moving forward. When I think about fear, I think about one of the most majestic creatures in the animal kingdom, the the tiger. The tiger has a way of paralyzing its prey. When it lets out its spine-chilling roar, it paralyzes the prey and the scientists at the Fauna Communication Research Institute in North Carolina, they discovered why you're likely to freeze to the spot of the roar rather than run when the tiger charges. You see, when the tiger roars, it lets out sound waves that are audible, the ones that sound terrifying. And it also lets out a sound that's frequency is so low You can't hear it, but you can feel it. The sound of its roar and the impact of the unheard but felt sound waves combine to provide an all-out assault on your senses. The effect is is that you are momentarily paralyzed. So even though there may be time to avoid the tiger, you are tricked into standing still long enough for the tiger to leap on you. Our fears often operate in the same way. They paralyze us into inactivity. The same way a tiger roars and it triggers a freezing of your body due to the sound you both hear and fear or feel, fear plays that role in our lives. Fear can leave us paralyzed. But what is fear and what are we afraid of? You may be sitting here today and asking the question, am I the only one who deals with fear? Fear can be categorized as a phobia and phobia is defined as a extreme fear of something. You see, there are over 500 known phobias that affect more than 50 million people. Americans. Phobias like arachnophobia, the fear of spiders. Phobias like claustrophobia, the fear of small spaces. Acrophobia, the fear of heights. You're just like, just keep me on the ground and we are good. Uh, Ablutophobia, the fear of being clean, taking a shower or a bath. And every parent with a sixth grade boy now has a greater understanding of where they are. Ergophobia, the fear of work. And parents with teenagers, now you're getting some clarity. You're like, okay, this is a real thing. Amphalophobia, the fear of belly buttons. These people vacation in the winter in the mountains. They stay away from the beach and the pools. Uh, NBA free agency phobia for every Thunder fan right now. 
It's not a real phobia, but it's a real fear, people. It's a real fear. Uh, decidophobia, the fear of making choices. Phobophobia, the fear of phobias. Uh, thanatophobia, the fear of death. Gamophobia, the fear of commitment, which is oftentimes displayed in relationships. Atrophobia, the fear of failure. Chronophobia, the fear of the future. You see, fear can be a silly thing. We can sit and list phobias and phobias that don't apply to you. You can laugh and it would be a silly thing. But for those who are gripped by fear, it is not a silly thing. It's a serious thing. Many of you know that fear is real. Fear is keeping you from the relationships that God has for your life. Fear is keeping you from the future that God has for your life. Fear is keeping you from the ministry and the calling that God has on your life. You see, fear is something that has gripped my life personally. Six years old, I was called to preach. Someone spoke over my life and the words, Bo, you're going to be a preacher. You're going to be a leader of leaders. At six years old, I can remember a moment where God confirmed that in my heart. I grew up in church. I grew up hearing about God's promises. I grew up hearing about God's faithfulness. And at 14 years old, I went to a youth summer camp and God spoke those same words over my life again. And at 17 years old, at a Christian high school chapel, again, God confirmed the call of God on my life. I then went to Bible college where I learned to preach and I developed real disciplines. I was reading my Bible regularly. I was spending an hour in prayer every day, Monday through Friday. I was memorizing scriptures weekly. And as a college student, I had opportunity upon opportunity to share the message of hope, the message of Christ all across this nation. I had opportunities to go overseas into other countries like Romania. El Salvador, Guatemala, Africa, Europe, Canada. God had given opportunity after opportunity in my college years. And after two years of learning, after two years of training, after two years of developing and growing, God opened up the door for me to answer the call that he had placed on my life full time. The Bible college I attended offered me a full-time position to lead leaders and to preach the gospel, my dream job. When I would reflect back to the moments in journaling and prayer and moments of journaling, God would put words in my heart and it was these things. It was an opportunity to say yes to my dream job. Then the roar of the tiger, then the fear gripped my life and because of fear the fear that maybe I was dreaming of something just too big the fear that the words I had heard in my life before that you'll never be good enough you're not that good the fear of what if I fail it gripped my life and because fear was real in my life I froze and I walked away from it all I said no to my dream job. 
I said no to the ministry and the calling and the purpose and the destiny that God had on my life. The moment I had prayed for, the moment I had dreamed of, when it came to surface, fear gripped my life the most. It paralyzed me. What do you do when fear is keeping you from God's destiny for your life? How do you respond to God? How do you fight fear? For the next few moments, I want to unpack my journal or my journey, and I want to look at the life of Gideon in the Bible as well, who also had moments that were gripped by fear. And we want to answer the question today, how do we overcome fear that roars like a tiger and can leave us frozen? In Judges chapter 6, we read about Gideon and how his people for seven years were being bullied by the enemy. For seven years, they would grow crops and the enemy would come and destroy them. For seven years, they would grow livestock and the enemy would come and destroy it. Year after year after year, and God sends a prophet to speak to Gideon. In Judges chapter 6, verse 10, the prophet says these words. He says, but you have not listened to me. God was speaking a word, but because of fear, Gideon is hiding. We find Gideon hiding, and we find him living in fear. Then God sends an angel, and the angel is now having a conversation with Gideon. And in Judges chapter 6, verse 12, we read the conversation. It says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. This conversation continues as Gideon is gripped by fear. What I have learned is that when you are gripped by fear, that fear can lead to Three things. Oftentimes you will experience three things when your life is gripped by fear. We see it in Gideon's life, and I have experienced it in my personal life. And the first thing is anger. Judges chapter 6, verses 12 and 13, it says, When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? Where are all of his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and has given us to the hand of Midian? Gideon hears the words, mighty warrior, and his first response was, then why did this happen? When I was offered my dream job, I found myself focusing on voices I had heard over the years instead of focusing on the voice of God. Things like, you aren't that good. Voices like, you can't do that. Voices like, there's no way you will be successful. 
My fear led to frustration and my frustration turned into anger and I can remember a few moments, a few weeks after I had said no to my dream job, I was working a job and I got, my dad called me on the phone and my dad was trying to encourage me saying, Bo, it's not over. God's plan is still real. His purpose is still real for your life. And in that moment, I felt nothing but frustration that led to anger and I found myself on the phone with my father who was trying to encourage me yelling at him at the top of my lungs I was so angry that he would try and speak those words I was angry God if this was real then why has all of this happened to me were the words that Gideon responded to God when he said you are a mighty warrior and the truth is is that when fear grips you it paralyzes you. The roar of the enemy gets loud and you find yourself frozen and angry. Number two, it leads to insecurity. Judges 6, 14 and 15, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Verse 15, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. God says, go in the strength you have, and his resp response was, how can I? How can I? You see, I dealt with anger. Anger that led to feeling defeated, then led to insecurity. Stating things like, there's no way that God could use me in this way. There's, does God know where my family comes from? Does God know that I wasn't raised by a preacher? I wasn't raised by a pastor? There is no way that God wants to use me that way. The truth is, is in preparing this message this last week or so, rehashing all of the thoughts and emotions that I was feeling in that moment and in that season, all of a sudden those same insecurities that gripped me and froze me in my early years begin to come alive in my heart in that moment because fear is real. I had to go and ask my wife, will you pray for me? I am dealing with insecurities right now. When the enemy roars in your life, it paralyzes you, it grips you, it leads to anger, and anger turns into insecurity. Number three, it leads to control. Judges 6, 16, and 17 says, the Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down the Midianites, leaving none Alive, Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it's really you talking to me. Gideon had had a word from the prophet, and then he's having a conversation with an heavenly angel, and then he asked for another sign, as though the prophet and an angel weren't a sign already. Isn't that like us sometimes? God speaks. We get confirmation, and then we ask for a sign. I was angry, I was insecure, and I found myself bartering with God as though I were the one in control of my destiny. 
God, if you just, if the job will offer this much money, then I'll say yes. God, if you'll speak to this woman you sent me, who was my girlfriend at the time, who was going to be my wife, if you convince her, then I'll say yes. I begin to barter with God as though I were the one in control of my destiny, as though he was the one who actually missed the calling. Fear had me frozen, it had me angry, it had me insecure, and it had me fighting for control. What I quickly learned is great news, and I want to share it with you here today, is this, is that fear is not of God. It is not of God. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live angry. We don't have to live insecure. We don't have to live fighting for control because fear is not what God has for us. As a matter of fact, the Bible says one of three statements. It says, do not fear. Do not be afraid or fear not. It says one of those three statements 365 times in the word of God. It's almost as though God wants us to know every single day in a calendar year that fear is not from him, it is not of him, and it is not for you. Fear is not of God. Some of you here today, you're like me. Or you're like Gideon, you may find yourself struggling with fear. You want friendships, but fear has a grip on you. You want to step out in faith, but fear has you stuck. You want to be used by God, but fear has you second-guessing, can God use you? You want to experience God's best for your life, but you're frozen by fear. How do we stop it? How do we spot fear when we spot it? How do we stop the fear? How do we not let the roar of the tiger of fear stop us from moving forward into all that God has for our life? And for the next few moments, I want to share four things that are going to help us when we see fear, when we spot fear in our life, what do we do when we spot fear? We're going to spell out the word spot. It's going to serve as an acronym today. And number one is the letter S. The letter S stands for stand firm. Stand firm. When you spot fear, stand firm. Moses is leading God's people and they encounter an obstacle, the Red Sea. And Moses says this in Exodus 14, verses 13 and 14. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. But stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord he will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Scientists have proven that when it comes to our brains and when we encounter fear, our brains respond one of two ways. We either fight or flight. We either fight the fear or we run from the fear. And I'm telling you here today that God wants you to fight the fear in your life. When God is calling you and fear is facing you, you fight and stand firm. You fight for your marriage. You fight for your kids. You fight for financial peace. You fight for your time with Jesus. You fight for your integrity. You fight for your loved ones. It is time to stand firm and fight because my future is on the other side of my fear. And today I will stand firm 
and fight. No longer will the roar of the tiger, will fear paralyze me. I will fight. I will stand firm. The second letter is P, and P stands for pray for peace. Philippians 4, 6 says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. God gives us a plan here. How do we pray for peace? He gives us a plan. First, we pray. God, here's what's going on. This is what I'm dealing with. And then we petition God. We say, God, this is what I would like to do. I am dealing with fear. God, I'm praying that you would help me to get over this fear, this insecurity, this battle in my mind, this frustration that I'm dealing with. God, would you do this? And I do it with a thankful heart. I thank God in advance for what, what's going to happen. God doesn't just give us a plan in this scripture. He gives us a plan that has a promise attached to it. Verse 6, it says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which goes beyond all thinking. The peace of God, which goes beyond all situations. The peace of God which goes beyond all circumstances will guard your heart and your mind. Understand this today, that when you pray for peace, peace is not the absence of a problem, but the presence of a Savior. And so you can be facing every situation. You can be facing every circumstance and still pray to God, and he will give you peace that is going to guard your hearts and your minds. Your problems and circumstances don't define you who you trust in defines you. I trust, I pray for peace, and when I pray for peace, I'm in the presence of God. When I spot fear, I stand firm. I pray for peace. And number three, I object to lies. I object to lies. See, fear will punch at us, but we have to punch back. We use God's word to punch back at the lies and the fear the enemy tries to put into our lives. May, be, may we be a people here at People's Church that will punch back towards the enemy. We will object to the lies of the enemy that the, the enemy will try to speak over our hearts, over our lives, over our purpose and our destiny. Philippians 4.13 is a familiar passage of scripture. You know it. But here it says, I can do all things because Christ gives me strength. 1 John 4, 4, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Well, you've watched TV before. You've seen the courtroom scenario where, where someone will, will, will give information that isn't completely true and the opposing attorney will stand up and say, objection. It's not completely true, and then we'll spill out the truth of the information. Some of you today, you need to object to the lie of the enemy. The enemy has been speaking, you're a failure, you're, it's your fault, you'll never do this, you can't accomplish this, your parents did this, you'll, you'll never be married all the way through. You need to object to the lie of the enemy that the enemy has speaking over your life. The tiger has been roaring on your life and speaking fear, you need to object it. I am a child of God. 
I am bought with a price. I am called by God. I am loved by God. I do have a purpose. I do have a destiny. My past is what I've done, but by the grace of God, my past is not who I am. I may have made mistakes, but by God's grace, I am not a mistake. I may have failed in my life time and time and time and time and time again, but by the grace of God, I am not a failure. I belong to Jesus Christ. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I got to object to the lie of the enemy. Objection, enemy. You are a liar. I will not be gripped by fear. I will not be paralyzed by fear. One of the greatest lies that the enemy will speak on your life is that you have, you have outdone too many, you've done too many wrong things and God can never use you to make a difference. Some of you today, you need to object to the lie of the enemy and get into growth track today. It starts today so that you can begin to discover your purpose so that you can make a difference. No longer will the enemy lie about my life. I will walk in God's purpose. I will walk in God's destiny. You said yes to Jesus, but you've never been water baptized. Next Sunday, you need to get water baptized because it's time for you to object to the lie of the enemy that says you got to be perfect, you got to make every right decision, and you say yes, it's about my direction, I'm pursuing Jesus, and I'm going to make my decision for him public by being water baptized. Object to the lies. When you spot fear, you stand firm. You pray for peace. You object to lies. And lastly, you trust in God. Trust in God. Psalm 56, 3 and 4. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise. In God, I trust and I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. When we trust in God, we get his promises and the promise is that he's going to make every crooked path in your life straight. He will guide me. He will lead me. He is with me. He is for me. He will cover me. The enemy will try to use fear to suppress me, but God is going to use faith to bless me. When I allowed the roar of the tiger, when I allowed fear to paralyze me, I walked away from my dream job. I was working a job that had nothing to do with my purpose. I felt disconnected from God. I knew that I had blown it. Felt like I missed my opportunity. Found myself in prayer one day, asking God to bless a new calling, a new purpose. In prayer, I can remember God speaking to my heart as clear as I have ever heard him. God said these words, I am still waiting for you to trust me in the one that I called you to. Since saying yes to God, since trusting God with every 
area of my life I've seen God move in my heart and my life in ways that are unfathomable. Through ministry, I have literally, I say this by the grace of God, I've seen thousands upon thousands of people say yes to Jesus Christ. I've seen miracles performed time and time again. I've seen God's faithfulness in my life. When fear raises his ugly head, I am able to spot it and stand firm, pray for peace, object to the lies, and trust God. And because of that, I'm able to be a husband to my wife. I'm able to be a father to my four kids. I'm able to raise them up that are, they're going to love God with all of their heart. They're going to love God with all their soul and their strength. They serve in church at church regularly. My wife loves God with all of her heart. My wife and I, we do devotions together because I learned how to spot fear. It's not about a career path. It's about a call of God on my life. And there's some of you here today, fear has been gripping you. It has been paralyzing you. It has roared one too many times. And today is your day to stand firm, to pray for peace, to object to the lie of the enemy, and to fully trust God in every situation, in your workplace, in your finances, in your devotion, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your parenting, in every area of your life, God has a call on your life. God has a purpose. God wants to use you to make a difference.